Welcome back to the Sudish Podcast. We are continuing now with the stories that relate to Bidichand. The last chapter ended off with Bidichand returning to Kartarpur to present Matananaki with jewelry that she asked him to steal. So she ends up giving half of it to Pandey Khan's wife, and then half of it to Baba Kribabi's wife. So many days pass now from this episode. Uh, congregations from all over the area of Kartarpur are coming to see Guru Hargobind. They are bringing with them vast amounts of donations, which is then being used in the communal kitchen, the langar, for the needy. So chapter 4 starts off describing a day where Guru Hargobind is in his residence sitting with Bidichand. Both of his wives, Matananaki, Mata Marwahi, are sitting there in the presence, and Matananaki is laughing, saying that, you know, to Guru Hargobind, that you're sick, Bidichand is amazing, you know, and what a great guru you are that you even liberate, you know, those who are a little bit crooked. You know, he's, he has become your sick, uh, his habits have not changed, but you've directed him for good instead of bad. So he does all this thieving, but, you know, he does the thieving for the good of others and has completed endless other tasks for the Guru. So Matam Marwahi then says, you know, please tell me about the other stories as well. You know, tell all of us these stories um, because, you know, you're the only one that can tell stories like this. You know, nobody else has even heard of anybody like you, let alone has had their company and been able to talk with them. So listening to this, Bidichan then agrees, saying that, you know, one time I did this job, I'll tell you about it. Uh, Guru Arjun Devji told me that, you know, it's in my faith that I'll steal a lot. And if you want to steal, well then steal for the sake of others. Do not keep anything what uh, you have stolen. So I accepted these teachings from Guru Arjun. And once I went to this guy's house and I saw that they were in great poverty, you know, both husband and wife were sitting there very sad. They weren't able to eat for many days at a time. They had a young daughter who was of the age to be married, but since they had no money, they couldn't marry her off. And they were consistently, you know, filled with this anxiety, you know, this crippling anxiety. They couldn't do anything. And seeing them, you know, I had so much sympathy for them. Um, and I came to them and said, you know, I'll give you some money with which then you can marry off your daughter and you'll be able to afford some food. So in that city, I then went to this house that had a big gathering. And when I got there, I saw that there was a wedding. So I slowly made my way in there. I went into the house I mixed with the crowd. At that point, the family inside the house then called the groomside in the house and had them sit down and had them eat. And then I became the guy to hand out the food. So I went to the kitchen, I got this basket of rotis, and then, you know, I took the other food as well. And slowly, slowly, I made my way outside of the house, though, um, without anybody seeing me slip out. I went back to that family that had nothing, and I fed them, you know, till their heart's content. And, uh, you know, when I had nothing left, then I set off again, and I broke into another house. You know, I climbed up on the stairs of the roof, and from there, I saw this businessman, Abarnia, sitting there, and he was counting his account from that day. He couldn't figure out what was wrong with his numbers. You know, some of the math wasn't making any sense here, and he's trying to figure out why. He spent about nine hours throughout this night trying to figure out what was wrong. And it was about 2 to 3 a.m. He still couldn't figure out. So his wife was there up all night with him, and I'm watching this. 
and she was livid. She, you know, she couldn't figure out why this guy couldn't get the math right. So she goes there to her husband with this big bowl of milk and says to her husband that, you know, for all this time, basically nine hours, you've not eaten or drank anything. Uh, if you've not figured it out by now, just leave it and, you know, have this milk and do it tomorrow morning. So the husband heard this and got super angry at his wife and he slapped his wife and the wife then threw the milk down. The wife yelled at him saying that you're so cheap, you're such a miser, you know, you don't recognize any form of divinity, you don't do any type of worship. You spent the whole night counting this money because you couldn't find the account for basically one cent. You were off. You know, I tried to get you to relax and you slapped me because of it. And then the wife started crying and the wife ran away to bed and basically cried herself to sleep. The house now was a mess and the businessman was now upset because, you know, how he let himself get angry, what he did to his wife. He ended up just sleeping there on the roof by himself. So Bidichand is then telling this to Mata Murwahi and he says he saw all, of the, saw all of this and he saw how the businessman fell asleep. So then he says, you know, when I saw both of them were asleep, I went there on the roof with a banya, with a businessman, uh, was counting his money and he had this box of money in it. So I quickly opened it up, you know, I broke the lock, I grabbed the money, and then I jumped out of there, you know, and escaped in the night. I went back to the poor people, I saw them, I woke them up, this was early morning, I gave them the money, and then I went back to Guru Arjan Devji, and I told them about this. Guru Arjan was really happy with me, he then he put his hand on my head, and he said, you know, now the fate of you being a thief has ended. You'll do many great things for the house of the Guru and you will be liberated and you will also liberate many more with you as well. So this is the blessing that Guru Arjan Dev Ji gave me. Only uh, with great fortune did I receive this blessing. You know, with his grace, my sins were destroyed and he placed me uh, on his lotus-like feet. So Mata Marwahi heard this and was amazed. She shouted out, you know, amazing, amazing. Um, Bidichan sat there for some time after this. And eventually, um, Guru Hargobind went to his residence. And uh, Guru Hargobind then ate dinner in the evening time and woke up again um, after sleeping a few hours before sunrise. He woke up. Uh, he then uh, did his bathing and then went into the divan or the court where the congregation was. In the court, in the congregation, there was one Sikh named Balu. And, you know, he was there doing selfless service, seva in the court. He was totally absorbed in the lotus-like feet of Guru Hargobind. And whenever Guru Hargobind would ride his horse, Balu would run alongside the Guru. So he wouldn't get tired or feel pain at all. And wherever Guru Hargobind would go, whether hunting, wherever, on a horse, Balu would always run with him. And he'd always face Guru Hargobind. So he would be running basically backwards to keep his vision on Guru Hargobind. And Balu was always really happy. He was always laughing. And whenever looking at Guru Hargobind, you know, he, it looked like he was uh, cracking up. He was in a state of, you know, bliss. So one day Guru Hargobind says that, you know what, from now on, we're not going to just call you Balu. We're going to call you Balu Hasana. Balu Hasana, Hasana meaning the one who laughs. And then Guru Hargobind says that also, what you should do now is stay with my eldest son, Baba Gurditta. So Balu Hasana then told he accepts this with faith. 
He salutes the Guru and then he begins to stay with Baba Gurdatta. So then he would do the same thing with Baba Gurdatta. Whenever Baba Gurdatta would mount his horse, ride out for hunting or anything else, he would do the same, running alongside and running backwards basically to keep his vision on Baba Gurdatta. So one day Baba Gurdatta was hunting and they went into the forest. And while they were in the forest, this wild boar jumped out from the bushes and started running away. And Baba Gurdatta laid chase. And they went, they went uh, quite far after this uh, wild boar. The other warriors with Baba Gurdatta couldn't even keep up. And, you know, he was basically alone at this point. But then when he looked over, he saw he wasn't alone. There was uh, Balu Hasana there, still on foot. He ran all the way. So Baba Gurdatta was extremely pleased with him and his effort. So he gave Balu uh, the Seli Topi, which uh, w- he was wearing. And Baba Gurdatta received this as a blessing from Baba Sirichand, Guru Nanak's uh, ascetic son. So this story comes many stories before uh, the podcast started in the stories related to Guru Hargobind. So Balu Hasana becomes a very important figure in the Odasi history. Um, so this is showing how he attained the blessings of Baba Gurdatta and thus carries on this lineage of Baba Sirichand. So when ba- Balu Hasana puts on the Seli Topi, all these powers then start to flow into Balu Hasana. In his mind, he, he attained the vision, uh, he attained wisdom by which he could experience, you know, uh, the blissful nature of existence. At the same time, when he did that, he put the Seli Topi on, he had this experience. He then picked up that wild boar and he went with Baba Gurdatta. Uh, back to Kartarpur, the wild boar recently having been uh, hunted and killed by Baba Gurdatta. So when Guru Hargobind hears of the story, you know, in the presence of Baba Gurdatta and Balu Hasanazar as well, he says to Balu that, uh, you know, now the fruit of your service has been, has ripened. You know, you have pleased the Guru, so now just, you know, sit and meditate upon the divine. The end of the end of um, your cycle of reincarnation has ended. So in taking these blessings, Balu Hasana would day and night stay at the Guru's residence, at the door of his residence, and stay in meditation. The next day, Guru Hargobind was sitting in the congregation when Pandekhan entered the court. You know, he clasped his hands together and he said with happiness that, you know, Guru Hargobind is with your blessings that a son has been born in my family. You know, please bless him with a name, uh, from your divine tongue, bless him so that he may be healthy and he may be your servant. Guru Hargobind then says, um, you know, in the house of Pandekhan has been born Sadekhan. So this son who has been born in your house will take revenge upon me in the future. Pandekhan was shocked by this and he replied, you know, what do you mean by this? Guru Hargobind says, you know, whatever will happen will happen. We cannot change that. The entire congregation was shocked and they weren't really sure what Guru Hargobind meant by this. But this is where chapter 4 ends. So the next chapter is actually going to deal with the wedding of Guru Tegh Bahadur. And that's what we'll pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to uh, thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Gaja, 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 Gaja,